Like the older dudes Now we aging like fine wine How we supposed to do Peep the shade on the timelines This time post the cool Shit is black and white Like photos from a disposable Certain situations You ain't end up uncontrollable All up in they head I be so confused I just brush it off Peep the shoulder moves We all got the same 24 So it's no excuse Switch it up We can rap or produce The things you can't have Is forbidden fruit First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is your host, Nathan Stella, Big Nate Sports Talk Podcast. This is episode 23, season 10 of the podcast. I hope you're all well. hope you're all staying safe. Welcome. Uh, before we get into the video, there's a few things I'd like to say up front. Uh, this episode will be recorded. Uh, you should have seen episode 22. 22 go up, excuse me. Yes, go up. Um, episode 24 with Brendan Potts. Um, that will be recorded as well. Uh, I will go live Hopefully this weekend, um, as we get ready for week two of the NFL season with the Washington Commanders and the Baltimore Ravens, and also some predictions around the NFL for week two. Um, in this episode, we are breaking down Maryland football uh, as we are now going into week three of college football. Um, you know, these first three weeks uh, were practically everyone's been playing smaller schools. Some have played uh, mid-level schools and uh, Maryland. Uh, has been playing playing pretty good football as of late. Um, we faced Buffalo and Charlotte. A uh, couple notes from those games. Um, I'll start with the Buffalo game. A uh, couple things. We even though we did uh, beat the Buffalo Bulls, not the Bills, the Buffalo Bulls. Uh, we beat them thirty-one to ten, and there's a couple things that. I looked when I went back and looked at the game. Uh, there was a lot of poor discipline, and that's something that's a concern of mine going forward. Even when we start playing the Big Ten opponents, uh, if you remember the stat, I want I want you guys to hang your hat on was that they finished with the second most penalties last year and the third most penalty yards in the Big Ten. Uh, Coach Loxley and the coaching staff is definitely going to have some 
some work. Um, but that definitely was the key. Uh, I thought that was something that I took away from the game. Just in that first, just in that first quarter in that game against Buffalo, we committed four penalties for 42 yards. Um, that's the matching. I think that's some. That's matching the number of penalties we had in three games from 2021, um, and exceeding the yardage for six games last year. Um, and then it continued going into the second quarter, and I, I just think that 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 first half was just a lot of things that needed to be cleaned up, particularly with that. Um, it did look better in the second half of that game. They commit one penalty. Um, you know, we did finish the game with eight penalties. Um, and then um, I cannot forget that kickoff that went out of bounds in the second quarter. Um, you know, there was just a, like, like a, like a lot of ticky-tack but unnecessary calls. Like there were, I think, four pass interferences in that game against Buffalo. Um I mean, we we, we got to play. We had we need to be a little bit more smart. That's my concern. When we start playing Michigan, the Michigans of the world, the Ohio States, the more Big Ten opponents. Um, as as I talked about in the Maryland preview video a few weeks ago, um, this is a running back. But this is a running back committee. Um, Ramon Hemby by default is our number one guy. Um, you know he didn't play really much at all last year. Um, now this year, now he's getting that opportunity. Um, he did, I think, only carried the ball 17 times in four games. Um, he looked pretty well out there. You know, then you also have uh, Kobe McDonald. He's a sophomore. Uh, Antoine, Antoine Littleton III and Ramon Brown. That's your committee. Um, running back group did really good. Uh, I think Hamby had about a, like a 70-yarder in the third I think that's the longest since Anthony McFarlane. That was against Rutgers back in 19. Um, I, I've looking at the offense, and I'll give I'll talk about when we get to Charlotte's game. Um, I've I've noticed that there's a heavy mix of pass and play, uh, pass plays, um, and as well as the run. But I, I think it's 51% passing and 41% running. Um, because I think the running game opens up the offense. You know, you look at Talia in that receiving core, which every which I think on paper, it's it's a top top ten receiving core. Um, you know, I just think you got to establish the run game early, and just keep the offense balanced. I think this will help you win big games against again team, against teams like Michigan, Ohio State, so forth and so forth. Um, even though in that first game, Talia, he definitely had his ups and downs, uh, particularly that second half. Um, but he he calmed down. Um, there was a couple mistakes that he made. And I know there was one particularly in that game where I think he had a, a nice potential touchdown pass to uh, Tay Fel- Felton, and um, it, it was an incomplete pass. So, I mean – we all know what he's capable of doing. Um, yes, and I stand by that. I think he could, he should be considered for the Heisman Trophy. Um, but again, um, because Maryland is not on the level of an Alabama or a Georgia or an Oklahoma or a uh, UCF, USC, um, 
you're just not going to get that type of recognition. That's just the reality of when you are a, a mid-major or a small college. Uh, that's just the reality. Um, but I do know what he's capable of doing. He has the arm strength. He is a good pocket passer. Um, he does have tendencies to make mistakes, but he knows how to make the adjustments. Um, and that's something going forward against Big Ten opponents. Uh, we'll see what he's taken from last year and how that applied for applying for this season. Now, looking against the win against Charlotte, uh, we beat Charlotte 56-21. Um, there were all but three drives, um, eight touch that we didn't um, score on, but we had eight touchdowns. Our defense only allowed seven second-half points. Yeah, bring your hat on that stat. Uh, Tally in that game against Charlotte had through a little almost 400 yards of passing and four touchdowns. Um, I think again he is the engine, the cog in the engine. Um, I when looking at this game and looking at the Buffalo game. I don't want to say it was jitters. I just think there was a lot of opportunity, missed opportunities that um, we just, as an offense, just didn't take advantage of. Um, Charlotte, I mean, looking at Buffalo and Charlotte's defenses, I think Buffalo's defense was a little bit more intimidating. There was nobody on Charlotte's defensive side of the ball that made you go, Oh, you, we need to watch out for that guy. He's a lockdown defender. I didn't see that. Um, I mean, Talia, I mean, everybody was pretty much getting touches on the ball. Um, I mean, there was one point where he had threw a uh, touchdown to Jacob Copeland uh, over their safeties. Like, there was nobody intimidating. The there was the interception he did throw. It was it was an underthrown pass to Dante near the pylon. But um, I mean, it was he? It, there was just I, I believe it was just a miscommunication. But um, even we saw the backup Billy Edwards Jr. Uh, get some playing time because uh, Tally went down with the, with a cramp, if I remember correctly. But he is by I say he is the default. Um, and he looked pretty good. He looked comfortable running that offense. I gave him the flowers. He did really good. He held, he he read his he read his route, routes well. He took his time in the pocket. He looked really good. Um, as I stated, this is a running back committee for the Terrapins this year. Um, we all all of our running backs combined for 170 yards rushing. Um, and what's interesting about each running back that we have, Hamby. Littleton II, uh, McDonald, um, and Ramon Brown, they all bring a unique skill set to the team. And I think that's something that we have been looking for. And so disrespect to um, McFarlane or um, Fleet Davis, no disrespect to them. But I, I just see a different skill set that I think Mike Loxley and the offense will definitely, definitely take advantage of as the season progresses. When I look at um, the running game, along with Talia, if they can continue to play the way that they're playing, 
not only will you have to worry about the passing attack, but you have to also worry about the running attack. As I stated, the running game opens up the offense. And some and let's just keep remote, some their teams are gonna have to make adjustments to one of them. Um now the difference in this game with Charlotte than Buffalo, we didn't register a touchdown through the air. Um but we had wide receivers that caught five touchdowns. Jashawn Jones, Jacob Cullen had two touchdowns apiece. Um, Jashawn was our, probably the most consistent wide receiver in that game. Uh, he did lead the team with six receptions. Uh, Jacob had 110 yards receiving. Um, he didn't. Jacob Copeland didn't get much action. He was limited in this play against Buffalo, but he definitely showed why he's um, at one point he was a four-star recruit out of Florida. Um, and then I think with his skill set and we around with Jared and Dante, I think you're going to see a lot of product, a lot of, a lot of results, not only from Jacob, but that offense, the receiving core. Um, Cause I mean, you can, again, I, it's damn near unguardable. If everybody, continues to produce and stays consistent. Um, Octavian Smith uh, Smith Jr., he also had his first touchdown. Um, I think he's going to be right now learning behind the guys like Jared and Jacob. Um, for right now, he definitely has developed. Um, he's a great, talented wide receiver. I love I, – I, I, he's got a bright future without a, without a shot of a doubt. Um, uh, I mean, Dante – he only had two catches in the game. Um, I mean, I you, I do see his role increasing, but I I look at I looked at these two games as kind of to fill out who. It's almost like preseason almost. It's kind of filling out like, okay. How do I you know make sure everyone is getting touches on the ball? There may be a game where Raheem Jarrett may only get. Like in this game, he only had caught the ball three times for 21 yards. I mean, that wide receiving court, Maryland has a lot of depth. And, you know, there may get there may be some games where you're where you're not going to get the ball. Um, and I think that's something that everyone has brought into. Um, but I think for the most part, the receivers did their job. Uh, when you look at the when you look at um CJ Dupree and uh, Corey uh Dyches. Um, I've come to the conclusion that CJ is a blocking tight end and Dupree is, and Dyches is going to be our pass catching tight end, which um, as the season progresses, I'm curious to know our off as a assist, our seat at offense, what are the roles going to look like? Uh, I think this will be, I think as the season progresses, I think it'll be more. We'll see more clarity on their roles because um, if right now it looks like Dupree is definitely handling a majority of the blocking, running, passing, and then you have Deitches that's pretty much the the the, the main guy for the pass option, um, and I think having those two are good options, and I can see them really splitting time. Um, are off, like I said, we look at the offensive line in that game as well. Um, don't even flag for three penalties. 
this is the same offense line that pretty much everyone came back um, from last year. So, um, I mean, Talia, they, they gave him great time protecting behind the pot, behind, you know, pass blocking. He was able to be comfortable in the pocket, make all the reads, read the routes. Um, also had 193 yards on the ground, opened up holes for the running game. Um, that's what I was looking for. Now, and I'll get into this a little bit with the SNU preview. Uh, my only um, negative is the defensive line. Um, that has kind of been that. That's not the elephant in the room. That's the concern, because uh, we have we, we the, the ability to create a pass rush. Um, I was hoping that would have been addressed, and I'm hoping the guys that we have there now will step up. Um, and they that definitely resurfaced. I did see that um, against Buffalo. We did create pressure. We did uh, make the passing game for them tough. We forced um, their their quarterback to go outside the pocket. But against you know playing at Charlotte, I mean we didn't do that. We allowed them to almost throw over almost three hundred passing yards, um, and they had a, their third string quarterback out there. Like that's 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 disappointing. That's a dis- that's disappointing results. Now, the defense line was really was pretty good against the rush, but against the pass, and especially um, with a team like SMU, you're really going to have to. That's going to have to be the key. Um, I mean, again, throughout the rest of the defense, everyone else looked good. There was a couple of penalties. Um, I mean, when you look at the team, it was a good win overall, but. Um, I didn't really have concerns, but for the most part, everybody defensively um, has been bought in that the desire to create more is the desire to create more turnovers. That's something Coach Lockley has said, um, and they haven't done that. I'm not sure what it is. Um, I mean, they do need to create some opportunities especially I guess a team that was a third especially against a quarterback that's a third that against a third string quarterback in a uh, with a team like Charlotte and a guy a third string quarterback you would have thought you would have seen some 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 turnovers but I digress um I do know that Tarheep still is dealing with a finger injury um I think, according to Coach Lockley, he should be ready to go against SMU. So let's talk about it. Um, SMU, um, it's a new error. I think his name is Rhett Lashley. Um, they are 2-0. and They have uh, they demolished North Texas and Lamar universities. Um, there, has, is a new, there is a quarterback by the name of Tanner Mordecai. Um, he is a senior. He uh, last last game he threw for uh, he damn near has the potential to I think he can definitely break some records. Um, I think they could actually make some noise in their um, in their conference in their in the AAC. 
couple things. This is an air attack by SMU. Um, you can see that clearly. Um, I think the couple things is is um, the key is the pass rush. Uh, that has that has to be the key. Now, uh, when you look at SMU, um, they definitely have a new squad, new transfers. Um, I think they play Houston and Cincinnati. Um, I believe they went eight and four last year, and they were five hundred exactly in the American Conference in the in the AAC. Um, Mordecai. Panner, excuse me. I think he threw almost for 3,700 yards and 40 touchdowns. That was fifth um, in the nation. And just in the first two games, Tanner has thrown 644 yards with with three with three touchdowns and a pick. Excuse me. I apologize. Um, that's that's going to be my concern. Um, especially, but again, I looked, I, I watched the game against Lamar and North Texas. Those defenses um, didn't impose their will. And when you look at particularly um, the win over Lamar, I mean, the final score is 45-16. Um, you had someone by the name of, look at the stats, uh, Vaulton Gardner, he led the way with 100 yards and 11 attempts. You had someone named by the name of TJ McDonald, had 96 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Rasheed Rice, excuse me, he had 132 yards receiving and nine catches. Um, the defense for the Terpins is going to be key um, because Maryland's good against the run, the defensive line, um, the corners, everyone that, as a defense, they're going to have to really make some adjustments. I think you had to take away the passing. I think you had to make SMU run the ball. Um, on their side, I believe they're also coming with a new defensive coordinator. Um, they were not great against the pass last year. I think they allowed almost 280 yards per game. Um, and they have a new scheme. I looked at it. I think it's a 4-2-5 defense. Um, I've never seen that before. And um, again, this is a a team that I think you should still respect, but it's a non-conference opponent. Um, when you looked at the fact that, you know, last year um, we didn't do well against teams like Michigan, we gave up 59 points, if I remember correctly, um, 40 points. I think Michigan State, I think we probably like we lost, I think we gave up 31 points to Penn State. I think it's like 35 Indiana State, no, Indiana, excuse me. Um, but defensively, we did not have a good year that season. The key is the defense. Um, because last year, let's just be honest, Talia on that offense was the reason we, we even got to the bowl game. You know, we have a new defensive coordinator, as I stated in that preview video. His name is Brian Williams. Um, there has been flashes of potential. Um, but again, when you're playing teams like Charlotte and Buffalo, I would like to see what this defense looks, uh, looks like against 
Michigan, uh, Penn State. I like I like to see what it looks like. Um, but this is the same Maryland defense that allowed damn near 400 yards to a third string and fourth string quarterback. Um, but on the same breath, offensively, we threw almost 430 yards and rushed the ball almost 200 times. Um, I think everything is going to revolve around the pass. But I think to beat SMU, I think you need to take away the pass. Um, yes, SMU's def- defense has been great. And they I think the stat was, I think, 43% of their passes beating Lamar in North Texas. Um, but beating you when they beat North Texas, looking at this, looking at this this box score, they fumbled quite a bit. Um and they threw two interceptions against Lamar uh, University. So I mean, I'm not going to sneeze at that. I think those are those are things Maryland can capitalize on. Um but I said the key, the key to the key for Maryland success offensively, I think you have to balance you have to have a balanced attack. I think open up, you know, start open up with the passing and then let your running game find its groove. Because looking at those stats, looking watching those games, SMU play with North Texas Lamar, I kind of saw where defensively they start to struggle. Um they're gonna make sure. I I think SMU is going to make it not tough, but they're going to make Maryland work offensively, and um, SMU is going to do everything. And it's it's going to going to be going. To, I have a feeling going to come out aggressive, um, but the key is is the defense. Um, if we can hold them to under twenty one points, I think we can beat them. Um, I think if you take away the pass of SMU and make them run the ball, I think you can beat them. Um, because the key is going to be that defensive line. I want to see a pass rush there. And then I want to see how that secondary is going to look. I want to see some I want to see some turnovers being created defensively. I can see that I can see the progress. Um, but I think they're still learning the system and that is expected. Um, I've seen some some scores. Um, some people have it kind of close with Maryland and SMU. I say that the Maryland Terrapins will beat SMU. I'm looking along the lines of 41-19. Guaranteed! Um, I, I, I think that I think you're going to see everything come come together. Um, the offense, like I said, it's going to be a balanced attack. Um, it's a running back by it's a running back committee. I don't have really any, any concerns. Um, I do expect those that didn't really get involved offensively to get touches on the ball for sure. Um, but. My key is my focal is going to be the defense. Um, you know, I would like to see us generate on the defensive line at least three sacks, get to the quarterback, um, get him out the pocket, make him be uncomfortable. Um, 
those are things I want to see. I want to see us defensively be a little bit better. Um, but SMU is not a school. It's not. It's not a school. It's not a school. Excuse me to sneeze at. So um, I'm ready for it. Um, I mean, looking at the looking at SMU, they got a nice little squad going. Um, I mean, this would be. I'm looking for if if we do this, would be our first time looking to go three and zero since 2016. Um, I mean, that's I, that's how I feel. But shout out to SMU. It looks like they got a good, they got a nice little good program going. They got a bright future. Um, they got some talent, like I said it. Uh, I think it's such a Tanner Mordecai. I think he could be a potential um, quarterback in the NFL. I think he definitely has the tools. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I look at week three. Week three of the season. Um, I'm excited for it, um, and I'm really excited for Maryland football um, this year. I'm, I was waiting, been waiting for this moment. Um, I'm really just like to see where this team goes this year. Do we take a step forward or do we take a step backwards? Um, I think coach Loxley is, I think he, again, he has bought the players into the plan and um, I'm ready for it. And um, it's going to be a great game and I'm excited for it. So, let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Uh, be tuned in for future episodes. Um, let me know your thoughts how your college football team is doing this year. Um, and yeah, be tuned in for other college football um, from Maryland. I'm trying to get some other college football teams, in, college football teams in there as best I can. But um, until then, um, closing message: uh, just be tuned in for these episodes. They will be released um, sometime tomorrow morning, mid-morning, early afternoon. Be tuned in for those. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get ready for this episode with Brendan Potts. That'll be episode 24 of the recap of Game 2 for the NBA Finals, so be tuned in for that. Uh, but until then, I will catch you guys on the flip side. Peace out. Uh, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these you, young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. Thanks for the kind words. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. Thank you for tuning in to Big Nate Sports Talk. If you enjoyed that episode and you want to see more content, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Bring your sports game on Big Nate Sports Talk. Sports Talk.
gets hurt That's how we learn to make love work 